Hey guys, today I'm joined by Susie Evans. She was the finalist on season 26 of The Bachelor, social media content extraordinaire, and also wedding videographer extraordinaire. Go check out her content on Instagram. Is it just at Susie Evans? Yeah, uh, Susie C. Evans. And then I also have a video Instagram, uh, Susie Evans Media. And then she's on YouTube as well. I was checking out some of your wedding videos. Uh, but one of my favorite seasons of The Bachelor and one of my favorite people to ever be on the show. So I invited her on. I wanted to figure out all about how she does her content. We're going to talk about brand deals before and after the show. A lot of stuff that maybe hasn't been covered before. We're going to keep it as interesting as possible and stick to the topics that you all probably really want to hear from Susie. But we're going to be more talking about the influencer side of things today so that we can also be uh, adhering to those who are up and coming personal brands and want to figure out all about how that works. So Susie, to start off, tell me how you uh, got started on The Bachelor. Was it you who applied? Did someone nominate you? And then how long did you uh, consider wanting to be on the show? So it started probably five years ago now. Um, when I first moved home from Japan in 2018, I was very single. And my friends, my friends back home were big fans of the show. And I'd seen The Bachelor in Japan. And I totally didn't think it would be the vibe for me, but um, ended up being, a, I mean, my friends encouraged me and I was like, okay, like, whatever, we'll submit something. So they submit like snail mail, they sent they printed pictures, uh, wrote an application, sent it in, and then I didn't hear anything. And then I got into a relationship. And then when I was in that relationship, I heard from the show like a year later. And they're like, yeah, we had already casted that season, but we held on to this packet. Um, and so then I was in a relationship and then the next year they contacted me, I think it was like three consecutive years they contacted me, but I was either in a relationship or just focused on my career, whatever it was and never worked out. Um, but I definitely had the interest to go on the show after like initially hearing from them. It actually piqued my interest to want to watch the show. I was just like, it just blew my mind that a show on a national network like was interested in me. I think it was like flattering where I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. Um, but I definitely was very career oriented still. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just doing my own thing right now. Um, but then when I, when I actually decided to go on, I had been kind of seeing this guy and he just didn't treat me well. Um, and I found out that he was just being shady behind my back. So it was literally such a spur of the moment decision. It was like maybe July 16th or 13th. And I ended things with him and I contacted the show and I was like hey like I'm no longer seeing this guy I would love to like go on this adventure and so then it was like September it was like early September that I left for the show so it was like a month turnaround basically and did you know it was Clayton at that time no I didn't know it was Clayton until like just before leaving um they had given us like almost a kind of like a short list of like these were like guys that were really great on Michelle's season who were the guys like they kind of asked us our type and like who we were interested in from previous seasons um and then they gave us yeah like people from Michelle's season that they were like oh well we loved uh, I remember them saying like we loved Clayton we loved Leroy Rodney was great like they had named a few people that um and this was I mean who knows but these were producers that like didn't know who The Bachelor was either but you never know. They may have known, um, but they gave us like a little bit of a list. So I was like Googling all these people, like, who's it going to be? <laughs> and you already knew at that point that you were accepted or did you have uh, like quite the interview process after? 
I did. Yeah. So I actually never believed them even in like literally until I was in the limo. I was like, I think I'm probably an alternate. Like the whole time that I was going, I was like, there's no way. Cause in the contract, I think it says you could be an alternate or you may not end up going on the show. Um, so in my brain, I was like, just don't get ahead of yourself. Like until you're literally in the limo meeting, whoever the bachelor is, like, don't think that you're on the show. But I know I told my producer that at one point before I left, I was like, well, I know you guys could still like, you know, not put me on. And he was like, no, you're on the show. Like, he's like, be ready. Like you're coming. And I was like, okay. You're the but- villain, but you're on the show. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make you the villain, but like you're coming. And I was like, oh, okay. But I still never believed it until I was literally there. Are you allowed to tell friends and family at that point? Um, I think you are discreetly. Yeah. Like I told my parents and then my best friend, Lauren. Okay. Yeah. So what are you up to now? What's uh, what's your day-to-day life look like? It's really been wild the past two months, but um, I'm kind of figuring out my new normal. I think I just moved to LA um, two months ago and I was really reluctant to move out here. I really like pushed, pushed back. I remember my producer asking me when I was on the show, are you going to move to LA? I was like, hell no, like absolutely not. Um, And obviously Clayton and I went and lived in Virginia for like, I was there for about a year after the show. And I think that there was a part of me that was like, damn, am I just like not capitalizing on all the opportunities that are at my fingertips? Like I literally went back to my waitressing job. I was uh, going back to my weddings, which I had like a year of weddings booked, like 22 weddings last year. So like I had commitments in Virginia. Um, and there was a part of me that was like, I just want to go back to my normal life. I loved my life before the show. Like I I loved where I lived in Virginia Beach. I loved my friend group. And a lot of my friends that had moved away that I knew growing up had actually come back to the area in the past couple of years. Um, So I was like genuinely really content with my life. But after the show, like my life wasn't really the same. So I wasn't like as happy, to be honest, when I came back from the show and Clayton and I were together and it was it was a tough relationship. And I had moved neighborhoods in Virginia Beach. So I didn't love where I was living as much. And Um, so yeah, coming out to LA, I was kind of just like, I just want to capitalize on every opportunity that's at my fingertips. And I never saw my video business being anything but weddings, but after going on the show and even working with brands on the influencer side, it's kind of showed me, I'm like, I could totally do this. Like I could shoot models. I could shoot influencers. I could shoot athletes. Like I could shoot concerts. Like there's so many ways I could pivot my business. I love weddings and I'll probably always do them to some extent, but there's so many opportunities out there. And I don't know, I just kind of like realized I was like, I'm being foolish by like limiting myself to stay just a local vendor in Virginia, where there is probably a cap to how much money I can make. And there is a cap to the creativity and the type of videography and photography I can get into just because of like, uh, opportunity, like Virginia versus Los Angeles. And being able to leverage your personal brand, you can probably get all these people to respond to your DMs now uh and yeah there's just so many other things you can do with it um so i wanted to ask you as a content creator have you found that it's easier as a single person or in a relationship to create content that's a great question i think that i probably have a twofold answer i think coming off the bachelor everyone loved well not really not everyone loved (laughs) clayton and i at first people kind of hated us at first but then people grew to like our relationship and then our and then couples content always did really well performed really really well um and even like when we broke up you see like we both lost a ton of followers like people were 
people have all kinds of opinions about about everything and some people didn't like that we broke up and they didn't want to follow us anymore and so I think it's easier to create content that the bachelor franchise or the bachelor followers want to see when you're in a relationship um but I think that I don't really want my career to depend on being in a relationship or who I'm in a relationship with. So I'm okay with like the dip in engagement. I'm okay with my followers not being as interested in what I'm posting because I've just really had to tell myself like I'm leaning out of one audience and into another one. And it doesn't mean that there's still, there are totally still people from the franchise that follow me that support me and love me because of who I am, not because of who I'm dating. And like, I'm, I'm so grateful I have those people, but I know that like my, a lot of people followed me because I was on the show and I'm not posting, you know, relationship stuff anymore. I mean, I I will, but I don't have a relationship to post about right now. Yeah. At what point of the whole process were you getting the most negative comments? Initially, um, just coming off the hardest part, probably, um, that's when I probably got the most hate, like people just calling me anti-woman and, um, that I was like a traitor to Gabby and Rachel for getting back together with Clayton and the, and even just the stuff people would say about Clayton, like I never will repeat it publicly, but like some of the things were just like so graphic and, and literally disgusting that people were saying to me, um, just direct messages or some comments and stuff. But I actually looked, um, yesterday and I was like, I wonder like how many people I have blocked. And I have, I've never blocked, well, I've blocked one person in my entire life, but like, I've never had to block people like I did with that. And it was more so a punishment for those people than it was for me. Like I remember um, when I blocked them, I, I remember thinking, I was like, these people are blocked for life. So like I, whatever I go on to do in my life, however successful, happy, joyous, whatever career opportunities that come my way, like whatever I make of myself, like these people will never, ever, ever be able to come back on their personal account or whatever account they're commenting from and be like, oh, I wonder what that Susie Evans girl's up to. Like they'd have to create a whole new account to come find me because I'm like, I've blocked the crap out of so many people. And I'm, and I don't, not that I don't forgive them, but I'm like, you'll never have access to me again. Cause if you're willing to leave such a disgusting comment or send such a disgusting message to me that I'm like, you're not somebody that I even, I don't want your engagement. I don't want your, I don't want any of it attached to me or my brand or my page. Do you feel like the negative comments, once you get them and then you hear a lot of people like maybe say the exact same thing, like after you've already heard it, it, I, I kind of talked about negative comments in the past. Like it's the scary, like the the villain in a scary movie. Like once you see him, you're not as scared because uh, maybe they don't really know what would really irk you as bad as you would know in your mind. So like the negative comments we might make up in our mind are sometimes scarier than the ones that we actually get, especially when they're coming from a, a no pro- profile picture person with two followers. Uh, have you really got almost immune to the negative comments over time? Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Um, I would say it, I definitely, um, 
I definitely like grew a lot and yeah, I would say to some extent became more immune to them. But now when I see them, I think at first it triggered me and it was like sad. And I was like, this is so sad. Like I joined this television show thinking it would be like the greatest adventure of my life. And I've been on so many adventures. Like I'm such an adventurous person and I'm just like, sign me up for anything. Like I'm a yes man all the way. And I just, I mean, I know my character and I'm like, I would never do anything to intentionally hurt people or like bring harm or sadness to anybody. So for the show to go as like, like wild as it went for myself and Clayton and everything. um, I think it was just so shocking. I was like, wow, like, I don't think I deserve this kind of hatred from the world. Um, But now there probably are less, but now I think they're kind of funny. And I, my friends know that I love to troll people back and like, but I would just say the most unhinged stuff. Like, it's not like mean, like I won't be mean back to that person, but I'll usually just say like wild stuff back to them. And I personally think it's so funny. And then that person's literally usually left shook and they're like, oh, I didn't think you'd reply. I didn't even think you'd see it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, gotcha. You know, like my Uh crazy stuff is like, ha ha. Like, I think it's, I personally think it's really funny, but, um, but yeah, at first it wasn't that funny. Yeah, yeah. Immune's maybe not the right word, but you get a lot better at handling it as you go. Uh, So what's your content creation strategy? Do you have a list of ideas that you want to make or do you kind of make content as you go where you just scroll the feed and you might see an audio that you really want to use and then you just make it right then? How does that process look like? It's it's a little different now and it's, it's kind of evolving for me. I think um, when I was on the show, I was just creating content for fun. Like when the show was airing and it was playing back and I would think of ideas and I was like, Oh, this is such a fun idea. And I was just doing it for fun. Cause I wasn't, you can't even make money for several months after the show from social media. So it's not like I was doing brand deals or anything. Hmm. Um, and so I was just creating content that I enjoyed doing. It was just creative and, and funny to me. Um, and now I do feel like I have to be like a little bit more strategic and I'm really trying to find the balance because sometimes it doesn't feel completely authentic. And I don't like that. Like I, I don't necessarily love filming ads, especially when there's like a ton of, um, you know, regulations on what you have to include and all this stuff. Cause I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like it just feels inorganic, even if I love the product. So, um, I would say most of the time I just, yeah, if I hear an audio I like, it might spark an idea. Or if I have a concept that I'm like, oh, I want to share more content about this, I'll try to be intentional. But I think that lately I've been so busy that I haven't really had so much time to create just for fun, which is really, I kind of want to just get back to just creating what I enjoy creating. Um, and even yesterday or the day before I did like a deep dive on my Instagram and I went way back to when I was living in Japan and I would just post like, pictures of buildings and pictures of doors that I thought were cool. And I remember I was looking at them and I was like, dang, like I just was enjoying creating stuff, even if they were horrible pictures. But at the moment, in that moment, I was like, oh, I love this. It's unique and it's beautiful. And I wish that Instagram was more like that still. I think people take it so seriously and I never really have, but I've definitely had to be more careful because now some, some of my income does rely on it. So it's those brand deal videos that maybe feel not inauthentic, but like a little bit harder to make that you have to uh, adjust uh, your, your style of how you would naturally want to create to to make those brand deals. Uh, And then uh, your content, uh, apart from those brand deals too, do you feel like it's kind of like, do you run it through filters of how is this post going to do a little bit more than you used to? 
Definitely more than I used to. I still think I'm a wild woman and I'll just like post and I don't care. Like I, I think um, like I've, if I'm doing something with my friends and I've had people be like, oh, we, like we don't have to collab on this. And I'm like, no, let's collab on it. Like, I love that. If I'm working with somebody that I, I think in general, if somebody's passionate about something, I don't give a crap if, if they have 200 followers, but if they're doing something they're passionate about and I'm doing it with them, I'm co- like literally collaborating with them. Like I want to uplift people as well. So when it comes to that kind of stuff, when you're, when I'm collabing with people or whatever, I'm like, I'm all about it. I'm like, I'm, I, I want a full set and I'm like, collab on the post, let's do it, whatever. I don't care if it performs poorly, whatever. But when I'm coming, when it's coming up with like my own personal content, I definitely, I do try to be more intentional and I hate, and I like hate it because I'm like, I just want to post it because I, I think it's interesting and I think it's funny or whatever. And honestly, some of the stuff I post on TikTok is like totally inappropriate, but then I, and I'm like, oh, I can't post this on Instagram, but it's appropriate on TikTok. <laughs> but yes. But I, but previously, like who I was before the show and before gaining a following, I would have on both places because I don't care. And I think it's funny and I know who I am and I know my character, but now some of the things that I post on TikTok that are like a little bit more, not risque and like, um, like a hot girl way, but risque and like, like pushing like the dark side of humor. I, I know if I post it on Instagram, my following on Instagram is a little bit more like like people will get mad at stuff I post, like even like saying like audios with cuss words in it, like people will, will complain and they'll be like, and I get it. I'm like, it is, it is a public platform. And like, there are kids on here. So I'm like, I don't want to be a bad role model, but I'm also like, this is comedic genius. And I want it on my Instagram. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> are they usually trying to come from the standpoint of you're supposed to be a role model. You can't be posting this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's a lot of um, yeah, what people will say when it's like, just like, just pushing, you know, testing the limits of, of, I don't even want to say dark humor, but like inappropriate humor. I'm, but I'm an inappropriate person. I'm like, if you followed me under the pretense of being some goody goody because of how the show portrayed me, then like, that's on you. Like, yeah, I think I'm a good kind person, but like my inappropriate jokes were not aired once. Like that somebody in editing <laughs> cut now all my, all my good jokes. So it's it's like a tricky thing, but then it's that's but it's, why I can't go on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your inappropriate jokes. Yeah, I have like three seconds of screen time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'd cut out all the personality, and you'd be like, "Why is there no? Why am I not in it?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, you were just you know saying crazy stuff the whole time." Huh? Is there a joke you can specifically think about that you're like, "I really wish they aired this one." Um. Okay. Uh. There was like a running, well, there was like this running joke that I was just like lying to Clayton the whole time. Like, and I, I was though, like, I told him at one point that like all the girls were scared of me. And like, um, I remember like coming back to the group and they're like, oh my God, what'd you guys talk about? And I was like, oh my God, I, I told him that, um, I started a rumor about him and they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I told him that you guys all know this like weird rumor. And I was like, I wouldn't tell him what it was, but, um, I, like, I, I just was like, it was like this ongoing joke and everybody knew, like, I feel like I never took it that seriously. So like, whenever I would have my conversations with him, we were just goofing off and I would be saying like off the wall stuff. And at one point I was like, I hope he knows, like, I actually do like him, but this is just my personality. Like I'm kind of a like a goober. Um, but I know like that was like one thing where I was like, oh my God, like none of that stuff ever, ever made it. But I, I was probably unhinged. I probably sounded like crazy or something. I don't know. Is it that your sarcasm might sound a little dry sometimes, so people will take it seriously? 
It's possible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I could see people. Yeah. And if people are watching the show strictly for like love and drama, then like, you know, they're not necessarily there for, uh, yeah, personality. And um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's very possible. People could have heard that and been like, what's going on with her? Like, she's kind of unusual. (laughs) That's uh, my problem, at least. Uh, I just did a a post that was about like, do you feel like celebrities should still have the blue check marks when all they did was like get on TV or something? And then you have like people like me paying 15 bucks a month to get them, like actually earning them. And like, no one got it. They're like, what are you talking about, man? (laughs) You don't deserve it. (laughs) Dang it. Like, I'm like, what level of like, like sarcasm do I have to be obvious about before people understand it? Um, So I relate with you there. Yeah. And it's like, and isn't that so such a hard thing when sometimes you feel misunderstood? I, I find that a lot on social media, especially because people probably followed me with, yeah, like under the pretense of like, you know, their understanding of me. And then when I'm not exactly who they are, I'm like, oh yeah, I could see how this is maybe confusing for you. And my humor doesn't necessarily translate. Yeah. Only so much you can do. The people who get it, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's- You're my people. Why, yeah. <laughs> keep you around that's like my number one key to being funny you have to surround yourself with people who think you're funny yeah I like that <laughs> uh so I want to ask about brand deals how has that changed uh right off the show compared to now is it all inbound uh requests or do you have a team that even prospects these brand deals yeah so I have a management company that does all of it like I don't even I don't even work with brands directly necessarily obviously if they contact me I will contact them back and say hey I'm looping in my management team um and I think there's like there's positives and negatives to that like I think with everything that I have on my plate I wouldn't have had the time to organize and coordinate and um do as good a job as my management team has done. They are amazing. They're called Bouge Media and they're they're truly amazing at what they do. And they've they've made me a lot of money, um, which is like so wonderful. But it, I think that as like an entrepreneur and as like a business owner, it, there's a part of me that's like, oh, that's hard to like let go of that. And you have to hope that whoever's taking care of those brand deals behind the scenes is kind and... Uh, like good to work with. And I think that's why I chose that specific companies because when I took my meetings with them, I felt like they had um, good morals and values and they were very kind and friendly. And and that's my energy. And I would never, ever, ever want to work with people that behind the scenes are like rude or disrespectful or difficult to work with. Um, So I do feel like I'm in really good hands in particular with that management company. And I don't think I would trust like just anybody with that, but I do trust Bouge. And it's definitely changed. Like obviously coming off the show for the first three months, you can't make any money. And then I chose to take another month and not make money. Just to be honest, like I didn't want to appear like, uh, I feel like there's such this like stigma when you come on the show. It's like the right reasons, wrong reasons, whatever. And I was like, honestly, like I know I can do brand deals in in July or whenever it was. And I was like, I think I'm just going to take another month um, and just like let the let the water calm kind of a thing. Cause I, I don't know. I just, I think the way everything ended, it was so tumultuous. And I was like, I just don't want to rub people the wrong way. So I didn't do brand deals for four. It was four months after the show finished airing. So it was like almost a year of like, from the time I left from the show. Um, and they've definitely slowed down and the numbers have definitely gotten lower. Like obviously my engagement's gotten lower when you come off the show, it's like super high. And then and you get out of the relationship and it dips because people are following you for the relationship. Um, 
And it is a little intimidating at times because it's allowed me to move to LA and it's allowed me to buy back time to be creative with my video business where I'm like, okay, I'm getting more, I'm doing a lot of uh, like test shoots or things for free where I'm just like, I don't really know what I'm doing. So like, let's collaborate and try something. And sometimes it's great. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, that was like not my best work. Um, but it's like bought back my time so that I can take those ventures and, and try new things. And that to me is like the most beautiful part about the brand deals is like, I just, I see them as giving me back time to do the things that I really love, which is cool. Do you have a filter where you have to actually like the product yourself to work with them? Or where do you draw the line on no matter how good the price is, you wouldn't work with them? Definitely. I think, um, so like something that's made it a little bit more challenging specifically for me is that I'm, I do feel this, um, responsibility to not like, so I've definitely shopped fast, fast fashion for sure. Like 100%. This is Shane. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. Like honestly, like, Derek. Like before going on the show, like a lot of my clothes, even on the show were from Amazon or Shein or whatever, like all these different places. And I didn't have the financial stability to purchase things outside of that. Like it, and it didn't even cross my mind because to be honest, like I, I would never have bought a hundred dollar pair of jeans or $150 shirt. Like, and, and I still wouldn't because I'm still a cheap bitch, but like, I just, I, I just think like before going on the show, I'm like, I didn't even have the means to to do that. But now that I do have a little bit more money in my pocket and people ask me where I get my clothing, there's a part of me that feels like a social responsibility where I'm like, oh, I just like, I know that this isn't like a great brand. It doesn't mean I don't shop there. I haven't shopped there, but I'm like, I've been more particular about the brand deals. So like, I don't do brand deals with um, fast fashion. And I mean, I say that and I'm like, not to say that I never would, would work with somebody that isn't entirely ethical. Like it's, if you're, if you're not shopping vintage or like secondhand, it's not necessarily sustainable or ethical anyways. And I do like, I shop in stores and I shop at Zara and I shop at Shein or wherever occasionally, like I do do that, but I have, oh, Shein? I don't know. I never know how to say it. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to say. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I, I do like, I do draw the line with things where I'm like, okay, I feel like ethically, even if I might shop there occasionally, like, I don't want to like rep those brands. Cause I know that there's like, it's like not great. So I've, I've definitely set some boundaries, which is kind of sucks. I'm like, I've definitely could have cashed it on some like big fashion brands. Um, and sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm crazy for not doing that. But then other times I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that I could like sleep at night if I, if I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Susie Evans crypto coin. Yeah, exactly. Do a rug pull. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I try to be ethical and try to like work with brands that have like good morals and values as well. Um, but nobody's perfect. That's the thing is like, but I, but I definitely have to like the product, like for sure. That's, that's a given for sure. So are you finding now that the brand deals have slowed down a little bit is wedding videography? I know you were talking about some other avenues that you're looking to get into, but what are you most excited about to uh, accomplish in the next couple of years? I think I really want to lean into photography and um, maybe even like studio videography. Now that I'm in LA, I feel like I could learn so much more. I've kind of started following and DMing creators that are doing what I would love to do. 
um, whether it's nature photography or studio photography, videography. And I was recently talking to a friend who's a creator and he was like, don't go into photography. Like AI is going to take your job in the next three to five years. And I was like, no, don't say that Um, because I want to learn photography. But I personally think there will always be a need for photography and and true human. uh, I don't know. I don't think that'll be completely erased by any means. And so I'm going to still go and pursue it. and obviously video weddings, especially they're not going to have a, like a robot going around the wedding for a while. Literally. Yeah. Like I think I'm safe for a little bit, but, but yeah, weddings are, um, I'm trying to book, um, Southern California weddings right now or destination, but, um, I think I've got like seven SoCal weddings on the books for this year, which isn't a lot compared to 22 last year. And they are like, kind of, they're kind of like my Virginia prices. So um, a little bit scary. I kind of like swooped in and got people that didn't book videographers last year. And I was like, Hey, like I'm running a special, just anyone that didn't get somebody and like, you can't find somebody last minute. So, um, I've got like seven between now and the end of the year, which is good. And honestly, I know from each of those weddings, I'll probably land one to two from each of those for next year. So, um, yeah, just trying to feel it out. I don't know exactly, but I'm open to everything. Um, and just expanding into different avenues besides weddings. What percentage of groomsmen hit on you? Is it like 70% or like 90? You know what? People always ask that. And I've never, I don't think I've ever had a groomsman like ask my number or anything. Really? Yeah. But I spend most of the day with the bride. So I I feel like, but I have, yeah, I was going to say, I've given my number a lot to the, the bridesmaids, but not like that, you know, just as friends. <laughs> I've ended up becoming friends with a lot of the girls that I work with and um, but yeah, I'm not really, I, it's like the dream though, to like work a wedding and then meet a nice guy. That would be, that'd be like every female wedding videographer's dream. Because <laughs> they're, they're catching you in the moment where you're yeah. wanting a wedding the most. Right. It's like, yeah, they're walking down the aisle and you're like, oh, as you're filming. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I dated the photographer at my friend's wedding that I was the best man for uh, a, a bit after the wedding. So I, I don't know. I was like, oh, I bet this happens to her all the time. Oh my God, that's so cute. No, yeah, that's like surprising, not surprisingly, but like you would think it would happen more, but yeah, it's really not happened. I don't know. They're too nervous. <laughs> Thank you. What's happening? <laughs> that's uh, nice. Speaking of guys, so on TikTok, have you seen how girls will be like green flags I look for in a guy when they have no social media or where they're not active at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who is an influencer and very active, do you prefer a guy who is active on social media or like, does it matter? Like, that's a good question. I would love, it would be great if the guy, I think it depends because in the back of my head, I do always have this like low key dream of like finding a guy that wants to travel the world and create videos and have a business together. And I'm like, that would be so fun. Like I love seeing Instagram couples. Like, I just think it's so cute. And I'm like, that would be the dream. But, um, I think that I like people that do tech or adventure or social media that's like really intentional for some reason, whatever it is. I, I do like that. Like I, I will follow men, not necessarily to date them, but to a- appreciate what they do. And, I, and I've thought to myself, oh, I would totally like date somebody like this, but they do take their social media seriously for business reasons. Um, but I do think, yeah, personally, like if I see a guy that's posting a lot of like thirst traps or... Um, I don't know. For me, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know that I like that so much. So like I get the green flag of not having social media or not caring about social media. Um, but I also am like, mm, I wouldn't mind 
marrying a guy that's uh you know wants to take on the world together as like a video photography team <laughs> okay just not the the thirst trap or like the tiktok boys don't yeah. do something for you <laughs> yeah they don't really do anything for me but i don't i mean i say I don't hold it against them but i probably wouldn't date them and that's just like me though like i don't know i'm i don't know i don't know it sounds judgy but i'm like i feel like and i say that as somebody that posts sometimes there's traps so i'm like i'm saying this judgy comment but i'm like i'm guilty so <laughs> it's a little different when a guy does it i feel like you've like that guy probably is a little bit more self-absorbed than a girl doing it but no so. i wonder i know it definitely feels like a double standard because for me i know it's like bad but sometimes it's like to post a swimsuit picture for me it's a potential brand deal or a brand partner but mm, like yeah. I feel like if a guy is just posting a a hot pic of himself, which like there's nothing wrong with that. And honestly, like, and some guy, like, obviously you should, if you have a great picture of yourself that you love, you should post it. But then sometimes I'm like, if that's just like all they post, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. Like it might be giving red flags in the sense of like, just yeah. Attention seeking. Yeah. They paid for a pro photo shoot for <laughs> <laughs> no monetary gain. Yeah. So gotcha. true. So what are you doing for dating right now? Are you active on any apps or are you just scanning your DMs waiting for them to no, come to you? The DMs have been dry. Like guys don't really slide into my DMs. Mm. And also my um, followers are like, it's like 98% women. So, um, which is a good thing, I think for me. But yeah, I don't really get a ton of DMs from guys. I'm on the apps and I just haven't really been intentional. And then in the past like three weeks, I've gone on two dates and I've got a second date with one of the guys this Saturday. And it's been, it's honestly been, um, been good. I feel like you have to be intentional. I wish the right person would just like, you know, fall into my lap or beside me or whatever. But I think unfortunately you like have to go on dates to meet people. So I'm trying to be more intentional. I definitely want to have a life partner. I want that, but I just, I'm just so career driven right now that sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to put in the effort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, green flag or red flag when a guy likes The Bachelor? Okay, so I went on a date with a guy that had watched The Bachelor when I was on it, and he watched it with his then girlfriend. Um, and we matched on an app, which is like very funny, but he was following me on Instagram. So it was just like a funny, it was it was a funny thing. I didn't mind it at all. But um, I don't know, it might be, I don't think it's a red flag for most people. But it might be for me because I think that there's a part of me that's like, I would be afraid that they would be like dating me out of like novelty and be like, oh, cool. Like, I'm like, I want someone to like me for me, but not because they're like a fan of a show, you know? Gotcha. Okay. So that's more like they, they found you on the show, but um, like, I guess they just like reality TV, even without their girlfriend dragging them to watch it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't mind that. I feel like some guys like reality TV. So hey, have at it. As long as it's not like, you know, reaching out to me for <laughs> the novelty of, oh, I want to date this reality girl. But yeah, yeah. but if they Has really- Has that been an issue? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's been like an issue, but I definitely had a kind of weird experience where I realized I was like, oh, this person, I think that they, I think they liked the fact that it almost felt like, it sounds weird to say, but it almost felt like a, like a prize or something where they were like, I, I think I, I saw a few things that they had sent to people where I was like, 
mm, like just in casually, like we were sitting on the couch and I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing to say. And I just thought, it, yeah, I just thought it was weird. And so I wouldn't say it's been like an issue, but that was one experience I had where I was like, oh, I didn't really realize that this was like that cool to you. And then it felt weird because I was like, oh, they were DMing someone that they were with you. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, that's, it felt weird. Cause I just was like, oh, I, it just made me feel icky. I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I thought, I mean, I think they did like me for me, but I also think, I don't know. It's just weird. I would be really cautious if I like, if I ever dated a celebrity or something, I would, I would try to be like really, really cautious to protect that person. Cause I'm like, I don't, I would never want them to feel like I'm using them or just like with them because of novelty. And I know I'm not a celebrity, but I think like from my perspective of like, if I dated a celebrity, I would I would want to like ensure that they they knew I wasn't like dating them for status or something. We talked before the show that you don't want to go on Bachelor in Paradise, but you might be open to other ones. How much would you be open if they reached out to you versus you want to go on another dating show? I would be open if they reached out. I, I'm not going to pursue another dating show myself. Um, I won't go to Paradise this year. You never know in the future, like people have been like, oh, maybe down the road. And I'm like, maybe, like, maybe, but in all honesty, like this sounds bad, but the, the reasons I would be going this year would be all the wrong reasons. Like it literally would be, it'd be all fear-based. It'd be like, oh, it's a nice paycheck. It, you know, help me pay my bills for the next six months. Now, now they have this clip. And they have this clip. Yeah. Honestly, like, unless, and like, there's nobody, not that, not to say there's not guys that I wouldn't hit it off with, but there's nobody that I see that's going to the beach. That's like in my age range, like realistically that I feel like they're looking for the same thing I'm looking for in life right now, which to me is a life partner. Um, Like, I feel like if you're going to paradise and you're 22, 24, and you're like, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll date for six months fun. I'm like, yeah, I was totally there at 22, 26, but I'm like, I'm coming up on 30 this year and I want to have kids and I would love to have them like naturally. So there's a part of me that's like, I just don't want to like waste time dating somebody for six months if there's not like true longevity. And I personally don't necessarily think that the show is the best way to find that. So it's not to say that I wouldn't be open down the road if there was somebody I was like, oh, that's like my dream guy. And I would love to meet him at, down at the beach or whatever. Like maybe I would, but um, I just haven't like heard of anybody that's definitely going where that. I, and I don't know that many people other than from the recent season. So I don't know. I just, it would, if I went right now, it'd probably be for the wrong reasons. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just not going to go. Do you hang out with a lot of Bachelor Nation still? I do. Um, I hang out with, so I just saw Hunter and Sam, they were on Clayton season with me. Um, and then actually I just saw Clayton too. We were in, we were at a fundraiser together and then Justin and Andrew moved to LA. I think Andrew's going back to Chicago, but Justin's going to stay. And then Rodney and Nate occasionally. Um, and they've just been so good to me. Like a lot of like Rodney and Nate were friends with Clayton, obviously. And then Andrew and Justin and I all just, we kind of just all became friends and I kind of feel like I'm their little sister. Like I'm, they're constantly trolling me, which is so annoying. Like literally they'll just like constantly be like, I, I literally feel like how I felt when I was in high school and my brother and his friends just like bullied me, but with love, you know? And I was like, just, you can't win with them, but it's like fun. You know, they're, they're like, they're not being actually mean, but it's just like, yeah, it's just like a funny, a funny friendship. So I do hang out with them from time to time, but, um, I think I don't really see that many other people. I see Kate occasionally. And then my friend Kiki worked on the show. She was um kind of a producer. So she's not she no working on your season too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she's you no knew longer her beforehand. Oh, no, no, no. 
Oh, okay. Gotcha. On the show. Yeah, but she's not there anymore. And so, uh, but she's stayed friends with a lot of people from the show. She's just a really genuine person. I feel like people really trust her. So we've, a lot of us have stayed friends with her. So now that I've interviewed you and Dave Neal, how much am I like an honorary member of the you're crew? Yeah, I feel like you're basically a part of Bachelor Nation now. Like, okay. I don't I don't want to jump to conclusions, but like maybe you put it, put a rose in your bio, maybe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Honorary member, Bachelor Nation. Well, Bachelor Nation's the audience, actually. What do you call the people who are on the show? I don't, yeah, I always get that confused. I feel like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's also Bachelor Nation, but I don't know what you would call that. Bachelor alum, maybe? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll figure out an official term for me later, but okay, I perfect. appreciate your vote of confidence. Susie, anything uh, else you would like to say before we close out here? Uh, thank you for having me. This was so fun, so chill. I did spill my drink when we started, but um, you know, I think my day's getting yeah, I was just so nervous. I think my day's getting better from here, so um, that's a positive. <laughs> yeah, you you were a little more nervous for this podcast than walking out of the limo. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I get it. It's a big <laughs> podcast, lots of listeners. Make sure you guys subscribe if you enjoyed today's content. Thanks so much for coming on, Susie. Thank you.